Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. And this is going to be really exciting. I'm super excited to talk to her. It is Layla Hoyle. Uh, born in Lima, Peru, Layla moved to Los Angeles, California at the age of 20 and started a very sex- successful career as a studio singer and voiceover artist. She's recorded background vocals for a very impressive list of international stars such as Gloria Estefan, uh, Justin Timberlake, Chris Stapleton, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Juan Gabriel, Celine Dion, and Andrea Bocelli, Woo! Mark Anthony, Julio Iglesias, Luis Miguel, Enrico. Oh my gosh, this list is absolutely incredible. She has also um, sang at the Oscars with Mary J. Blige. Uh, She's been featured in movie soundtracks such as Ice Age 2, Happy Feet, The Emperor's New Groove, Nacho Libre, Along Came Polly, Seabiscuit, and recently Encanto, the Academy Award winner as the best animated featured film. And uh, she not only sang music written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, in this, but also has a solo on We Don't Talk About Bruno, which has been number one for weeks upon weeks upon weeks and has is definitely a household favorite here in my home for sure. Man, there is so much to talk about with Layla. I'm going to bring her on right away so we can dive into our conversation. Hello, Layla. Hi, Danielle. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. It's so, so excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. It's really an honor that you take the time to do Thank this and you. come chat with me tonight. Man, your your list of credentials in your bio is so lengthy and impressive. I hate to leave anything out, but I hope that we'll get a chance to, you know, um, highlight a lot of those uh, experiences that you've had with um, so many amazing artists. Um before we get to all of that, though, tell me uh, in a nutshell what's going on in your career and life these days right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, right now, to tell you the truth, I am very focused, like I, I share in, in my bio with you uh, that I, I, I'm i very involved in my church. Mm-hmm. So starting now, <laughs> it's a very, very, very busy season planning yeah. all the events coming so um, production-wise for me has been a little bit slow. So that at church has kept me really busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I know singing is, is so seasonal. We, I, I, I feel like as, you know, singers, we, we do, we have, we have our, our holiday season where we're doing a lot of those of us that do do church work are doing a ton of church stuff. And then we've got our, I don't know, we've got our corporate season, our, our wedding season, like all the seasons, but yeah. we're, I guess we're really fortunate though for that, that, um, you know, it's a little bit something different all the time. So you are on a worship team there leading worship. Yeah, actually, you know, I um, I'm a part of a big church. The name is Shepherd Church. Our main campus is here in Porter Ranch, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have uh, two other satellite campuses, and one is in the Woodland Hills area. And I'm the worship director there at the Woodland Hills area, so I have to be in charge basically of all the music there. You know, so mm-hmm. awesome. That's great. Um, did you grow up singing in the church? Is that uh, somewhere that you started from? No, no, not at all. You know, uh, when I was growing up in Peru, you know, the main, um, uh, basically the country is Catholic, but not devout. They're not like really committed to the, to their faith. So basically just, I would learn a few hymns here and there, but nothing like really deep into the church, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I, that I really became like really, really involved, you know. So I didn't yeah. grow up in the church. I came to my faith late in my life, actually. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Well, it's amazing um, 
having been in the church for decades myself, how music in the church has evolved, especially in, um, you know, the, the Christian churches and just how, you know, it's, it's not your days of, um, volunteer (laughs) people from the congregation coming up to do the, you know, do the singing every week. I mean, churches have really gotten really sophisticated with their music programs and the worship teams and just the production of them. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Do you like how um, music's progressed in the church? You know, uh, yes, up to a certain point, I try to keep a balance. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I I try to like every time that I can, I'm recruiting singers or musicians, I want to make sure that for example, a singer, that's their gifting. You know, you I just don't want to put somebody that doesn't that feel that would like to do it, but basically is not their strongest right. thing to do. So I am very meticulous about um, having like auditions to make sure that mm-hmm. that you don't set up anybody for failure, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to make sure that whoever is there, first of all, that mm-hmm. they have a gift. Mm-hmm. That you can also, as a leader, nourish and mm-hmm. help them grow, not only with their gifting, but also if if I see that somebody has a, a potential to become a worship leader, also to start nurturing in that area so they can just grow, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see that too. And I, I know having seen it um, progressed over the years, I know there's there's an argument that I hear or a debate that I hear a lot that you know, oh, it should, it should be congregation based. It should be just volunteer. It shouldn't be such a, a show or a perfect, you know, thing, but it's so I'm, I'm sure there's, there's valid points in that argument, but when you step back and think about what it is that you're trying to accomplish with the music at church, you really have to look at the greater good as a whole, because um, number one, people are going to be attracted to the church in the first place if they, you know, are receiving the gift of, you know, excellent music every week, you know. Totally. If, if totally. Like that was my experience. Like I mentioned, you know, I came to my faith very late in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, when I was looking for churches to go, a church that I would feel comfortable, and especially as a new Christian, you know, I was looking for something that it wasn't like too charismatic because that could be like a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Shepherd Church for the first time. The first thing that imp- made such a huge impact on me was the quality of the music. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can definitely speak firsthand that. I decided to stay there. My family and I started going there because we felt comfortable with the music and the level of music um, Mm -hmm. quality was something that we, my whole family is very musical. We all were able to relate and to feel comfortable, you know, like the sounds, the songs, the the singers. It was something that we wouldn't just go like, you know. <laughs> that as musicians that we felt uh really comfortable and it was really soothing for us you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's inspiring i mean yeah. when you hear great music that's what you're really trying to uh, evoke emotion in the congregation you're trying to uplift everybody and and avoid a cringy experience at all costs yeah definitely <laughs> Yeah. Well, I bet they were pretty blown away with you when you came through the doors and, and, uh, offered your services as a singer. Um, is this a, uh, uh, a church that, um, is known for, you know, having high level professional singers? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they're very particular about it. And we, you know, when I went there, I had to audition and I might, my, the first time when I went, I just wanted to be part of the praise team. I wasn't even thinking about assuming any leadership position. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just went to do what I felt really comfortable to do, which is back on vocals and be part of the praise team and be the backup singer for the worship leader, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a whole audition process. And but when I audition the singers at, at the campus, the satellite campus where I'm at, I make it a little bit more simple. Like, like, you know, as singers, when someone starts singing, you only need just a few bars 
as they're singing to know like oh they got it no they don't yeah you know so um so yeah so i have come up now with a system where i can just quickly go that is not as nerve-wracking for whoever is auditioning mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh so they can give their best and at the same time i can get a sense if 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 they can sing harmonies if they can stay in their parts and things like that mm -hmm. and just uh, but at the same time make it a friendly environment uh where they don't feel a little bit intimidated you know right when i auditioned many years ago um uh it was like in front of like a panel like like the the main worship leaders there auditioning all the singers so oh. do terrible at, at auditions you know i i don't like auditioning <laughs> It's like, I feel it brings me back. Like when I was at school, like the teacher taking an oral test, making notes, looking at, you You know, I don't like that, you know, but, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I can't complain. It's, it's, it's being a beautiful journey actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have a system that's a little kinder uh, in the process of doing that. Auditioning is, that is a hard thing. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised that, you know, as a culture, audition and and judging is is such a thing for us you know we um I don't know why it is that we want to subject ourselves to, to that much, you know, criticism, but, um, it really has become addicting. And, and that is a different mindset for singers because, you know, as an artist, you want to be able to step out on the stage and, you know, create a performance, engage with, with, um, your audience, create an experience for everyone. The last thing you want to do is be getting in the head of somebody who is potentially critiquing you or judging you. That's a completely different mind trip. Yeah, I am. I'm not good. I'm not good at that. I mean, the pressure that I feel, uh, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, it, it's, I don't do well. I don't do well. You know, probably I'm also my worst critic. <laughs> you know, so I tend to be really bad on myself sometimes, you know, uh, but in my mind, I, I have such a hard time with it. I have no problem singing in front of 10, 20,000 people if I have to. But mm -hmm. when it comes to sitting in front of a panel of three people that they're going to be taking notes and looking at me, that, mm -hmm. to me, that's <laughs> yeah. to me, like, mm, I, it's, I don't do well. <laughs> it's personal at that point. <laughs> Singing is such a personal thing, you know, yeah. um, like, like versus, for example, I also do voiceovers and I can do so many auditions for voiceovers. And that to me, I'm not nervous about it because mm. it's not as intimate as when you sing, you know, sing right. comes from here. So voiceovers, it's okay. I can do auditions. I don't mind the criticism, you know, um, but with singing is completely different. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's a great point. That's really, really interesting because yeah, talking, I guess the acting aspect of it, it is not as vulnerable as singing. The singing, you're, you're, that's a full body expression, you know, yes. not as much as talking, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I never <laughs> thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, let's step back and go back to your roots. Tell me where you got your start as a singer. Um, were you, did you come from a musical family or how did you get your start in the business? No. Well, you know, like, um, some of my, uh, uncle, my uncles, they, they would sing just for fun. Uh, but none. Well, yes, there was one, one of my dad's cousins that I didn't get to meet, uh, and she already passed away. Um, she was a very well-known songwriter from Peru, and some of her songs were very well-known or are very well-known in Latin America, okay. you know. Um, but I never got to meet her. You know, she was more well-known as a songwriter more than a singer, but she could carry a tune and she could carry her songs, but basically I just had this passion for singing. Well, when nobody in my family really mm. uh, were a part of it, you know, I would be singing and driving everybody crazy at home as I was like teenager singing and la, 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 singing out loud and, you mm. know, putting the, the record, the turntable and blasting, you know, blasting the, the music that I, I drove everybody crazy because I would, I would sing all day long, you know, mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And then um, a friend of mine, uh, who at that point was giving me a little bit of um, music lessons. Back, back then, 
we didn't have the resources that we have now, you know, uh, when it when it comes to learning music and all that. So a friend of mine was teaching me and he was already um, kind of like playing and playing uh, gigs and, and that. So he is the one that kind of like got me started, got me started. Mm -hmm. He recommended me with uh, a band and, you know, I started doing some like, like corporate gigs back home. And, and let me tell you, corporate gigs back home, they don't end at one o'clock in the morning, like in here or midnight. No, those are like, they start at 11 p.m. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they end up sometimes three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And sometimes they may ask you for an extra hour. You know, like it, wow. it, it, they end at six o'clock in the morning. So I was 19. So I, I, I had the stamina and the energy to do it. But even then it was, you know, it, it, it will be rough. Um, but then I always knew that I was that I was gonna come to the United States. So basically, my whole life I um, started planning, you know, like saving money as I would work in an office or work at a gig, you know, saving all that money to try to pay for my for my ticket and some money to start here, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's how it basically started. So I knew that I was gonna that I wanted to do studio singing. I knew I didn't quite really want to do like like uh gigs live gigs and I did it for for a while um but it took me some time to get the connections actually you know it was rough at the beginning coming from a different culture from Latin America and then coming here kind of like I spoke English but um still I had to get my ear used to like the real pronunciation from here and getting the contacts. I didn't know anybody really. Um, so it took me a while to get to know that one person that believed in me and helped me get through the door, you know, mm -hmm. but it was, it was a, it took me maybe after seven years of living here in this country and trying to make it, you know, working in whatever I could, cleaning houses or being a waitress and then like trying to find a little job here, a little job there and singing at night. And, you know, until finally I was able to meet uh, my dear friend, his name is Kenny O'Brien. Um, he uh, he allowed me to uh, do a one session with him. And then after that, he started calling me a little bit more and started testing me to see like, okay, let's see if you can handle this. You know, somehow mm -hmm. he, he, I, I don't know, he felt that he could start calling me, you know, he gave mm -hmm. me really an opportunity and basically everything I know when it comes to studio, I owe it to him because he's very meticulous. He, um, uh, like, like, like very meticulous, like in the, like, all the details as a background vocals, ma matching the the, the, the cutoffs, everything, you know. So I had a great schooling with him, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. but that's basically how how it all started at that point, like back in the early nineties. Basically, that's when I started. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, the industry was at its peak. The Spanish, the Latin uh, industry was at its peak like so many recordings between jingles and productions so much happening which mm -hmm. which is not as much what it's happening now you know right right that's oh that's very cool so when you came to the united states did you go directly to the los angeles area or where did you land first i landed first in miami and okay. i stayed there for about um for about six months and then i moved to boston um and I uh, and that was a shock for me because completely different weather. I, I got it, it. I think that I could say that I got a, even a little bit depressed of the shock, the culture shock, right. the weather, everything. I got accepted at Co uh, Berkeley College of Music, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, I couldn't finish. You know, I was uh, I had a student visa, but I was basically living on my own just trying to make a living you know so i couldn't afford it anymore you know so mm -hmm. then that's why i decided to come to los angeles and when i came to los angeles that's when it started feeling a little bit more like home because the weather mm -hmm. is very similar to lima 
you know, you see a lot more Hispanic people and, you know, so it, I started feeling like, okay, I think I can stay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I can move forward now, you know? So, yeah. And did you make that switch to LA specifically for career reasons? Well, you know, at that point, um, it was what it made sense. I, at that point, um, I was dating uh, uh, someone that we were living in, in Boston together. And mm -hmm. then we came here to Los Angeles because he also was, he's, he was a musician. He passed away not too long ago, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it made sense for the both of us to move here because he was also trying to make it as a musician as I was trying to make it as a singer. So it made sense at that point for the both of us uh, to make that move from Boston to Los Angeles. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I wanted to back up just a little bit and touch on something that you had said about um, early in your career, knowing that you wanted to be a studio singer. Yes. So does, would you say that like, early, early on when you had your initial aspirations as a singer, were you picturing, were you picturing yourself becoming a star? Is that something you had ambition for? Or were you really just more in, interested in the actual act of like having a singing job? You know, because most of us, we, we start out, we don't even know that session singing is a thing. It's, yeah. We don't even know that that's an opportunity. But I understand that you were mentored by somebody who was in the music industry already. But what was that vision for your career? Well, you know, maybe when I was a teenager, and you know that you sing, probably, you know, every teenager has that dream of one day becoming a star, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I was hit with the reality of like moving here to the United States, you know, and having to face basically life on my own. And, and I, you know, I just want to point out, you know, way back then when I was growing up, the Latin culture is very overprotective, like, 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 especially as a daughter, you know, you're very overprotected by, by your parents. And then all of a sudden come and face life on my own uh, mm -hmm. was a shock was a shock. So then, um, even though when I was a teenager, I would dream or, ah, maybe one day I can become a star and famous, you know, um, somehow that dissipated, that dissipated, you know, there mm -hmm. was a point where I just didn't want to, I, I didn't even think about it. I just, uh, somehow studio work, you know, doing recordings, um, it's what kind of like started like catching my attention and and mm -hmm. um very interested in in that uh, because i did uh, for a while like i would sing at some clubs and things but it was like really like so tiring probably also because mm -hmm. i also have a full-time job and then having to sing at night it was like i i would go like many hours with many days with not much sleep <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. so then when studio work started happening, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. You know, mm -hmm. that it somehow it made it made sense. I I love the structure of the studio. I love that uh, the, the, the 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 creativity part and like like building up all the the vocals and the background vocals and you know it's it it really I really love it. I really love yeah. it. And once you hear everything, you go like, oh, wow. You know, it's, and then the teamwork, you know, that you have mm -hmm. to learn to do as a background vocalist, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's technical, mm -hmm. but it's a form of art in itself, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I know the whole experience of live performance and studio work, they are just, they're two different planets, you know, that you're working on. Um, you know, of course I, I love live performance. I love the social aspect of it and the adrenaline and everything, but being in the studio too, it is, it's a whole different social experience. You know, yes. you're, you're, you have so much more space just to, you know, have fun and, you know, um, interact with the engineer or, or other singers, whoever's in the studio with you yes. at the time. And it's definitely, there's, there's so much more space for creativity and, you know, using, um, that those gifts, you know, that you have. Yes. So yes. I can see why, you know, some of us definitely choose one path or another, you know, wanting to 
be in the studio as your main thing or be on stage as your main yeah. thing. And I think that as you are experiencing the whole process, you know, of like mm -hmm. doing live gigs and then studio, you know, somehow you start shifting in the direction, in the direction that makes sense to you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like, for example, I never really wanted to audition to go on tour. You know, I never saw myself doing that. You know, um, I, I don't know if it's because I just like being in town and uh, being comfortable about just like, okay, you do the session, you go, you do the work. And then, okay, once you're done, you're done, you know, mm -hmm. and you go back home, you know. So I, I don't know if it's that. But I, some of my friends, you know, they've done touring, they've done all these, all these um, amazing gigs. Uh, uh, but that was never really my passion, you know, to yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So going back to, you know, fast forward through your bio nowadays, I mean, you are singing on some major, major projects. Where would you say along your journey, once you're now you're in LA and you're you're getting you're picking up a lot more session work, what were some of your kind of career breakthrough moments where the, the opportunities began um becoming uh more, I guess, big league for you? Yeah. Uh well, you know, like I mentioned my friend Kenny O'Brien. Yeah. Uh definitely meeting him when I met him, that was the beginning of everything because at that point i he's he's almost retired now but at that point he was at its peak he was like uh and most of the work that i've done uh is for the latin industry you know mm -hmm. and uh at that point he was considered probably one of the top vocal arrangement arrangers in in the latin um latin industry and uh Meeting him was, I would say, the, the breakthrough point for me. Um, mm -hmm. um, because once he started, once he called me for that project and I and he saw that I was able to do it, he kept on calling me. And somehow he liked the blend that his voice and my voice had. And uh, from that point on, basically, since he was probably the top um, call, at, at that point, um, that's through meeting him, that's when things started happening. And that's when I started like recording for all these artists, you know. And then after that, once you meet producers or once you meet other singers, it also becomes like a, a word of mouth kind of thing mm -hmm. that then they recommend you. And um, uh, because it's not only the talent, it's also... I, I would say 50% is your talent and the other 50% is your attitude. You know, if, <laughs> if they don't get along with you, it doesn't matter how good you are. They just won't call you. If you're difficult to work with, they just don't want to work with you, you know? Right. So, uh, so, um, so thank goodness. Uh, I, got along with most of the people that I met, you know, and that's how everything started happening, you know, and then I was uh, really blessed to get to meet like huge contractors from the, from the general market, like Edie Lehman. I don't know if you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. that, that she would call me. She's the one that called me for Emperor's New Groove. She called me for um, part of Encanto. Uh, also Antonio Sol is the one that called me for the other part of Encanto for the, we don't talk about Bruno part. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and that's how slowly things started. The wheels started rolling and it started happening. And then it's everything is basically by word of mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that is really cool. I, I love that you mentioned, um, 50% talent, 50% attitude. That's something we talk about on you know, this program tirelessly because it really is true. I mean, obviously your skill set is so important and you, you really do, you know, have to, um, know your stuff and, and be good at what you do. Uh, but when you really think about the population of musicians that have a great skill set and really know their stuff, it's a lot, but they're not all easy to work with. They're not fun to work with, you know? And so that is such a major factor in it. People hire people that they like and that they like 
to spend the hours with and that they know that they can depend on and that they know we're not going to add to their workload. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Because a producer wants to feel that, that what you're bringing, that you're bringing your best. It says every project to me is a special project. Doesn't matter the budget. You know, if, if you're helping a producer and there is, for example, not much of a budget, you know, that you're helping him with a demo, you, the effort that you put in it is as much as if they're paying you the top rate union gig, you know, I mean, it's, and that's where your work, that's your stamp. That's like, that's your signature. Your voice is your signature, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it's so important that they feel that they can, like what you said, that they can count on you in all aspects, you know, that, that you're willing to give the best of you as mm-hmm. you, as you're in the job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I would love to hear about, um, some memorable projects that you've done. Like I said, your bio is just incredible there. I mean, you've worked with just iconic, you know, voices in, um, throughout the years. Are there any projects in particular that stand out to you that were extra fun, extra not fun, or, you know, some memories? Well, you know, I, well, one one definitely Encanto has been one of one of the most memorable. Um, not not because it was one of the most recent ones, you know, uh-huh. um, but really it was like that that solo that I had on We Don't Talk About Bruno. I mean, all of a sudden when when the soundtrack came out and we're like, oh, that's me. You know, I didn't know because when we were at the studio, they were trying all the girls for that yeah. part. You know, and then like all of a sudden, be, and then you don't hear anything else. You know, you don't know uh-huh. what's, what's happening. And then just to all of a sudden, oh, that's my voice. That's me. <laughs> I'm the fish lady. <laughs> I was, I was going to, I was going to have to ask. I have to know which line is yours. <laughs> he told me my fish would die the next day. Dead. <laughs> that's me. Oh, that's my daughters are going to die when I tell them this. <laughs> But it was a total surprise. That was uh, getting to getting to work. We I didn't get to meet uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, but I got to meet Jermaine Franco, and oh boy, she is oh, what a talent! You know, when we did that section with her. She's incredible, mm-hmm. and she's humble. She is so approachable, uh, and she knows. <laughs> she knows thing you know mm-hmm. uh, so that was very memorable another thing I've had um the chance to work closely with a few artists not singing but coaching them you know as oh, they yeah. Record. yes yeah uh, I I I started working with uh Demi Demi Lovato did a few years ago something in Spanish so I work with her and I coach her in Spanish um, and then I also sang background vocals for that same song that they needed background vocals. So I did the the, the Spanish vocals in Spanish. But mm-hmm. also I got to work with uh, Selena Gomez, and I'm actually working with her in a project that I can still not not talk about. But like the last album that she did uh, that got nominated for a Grammy, um, she did an EP, uh, mm-hmm. all of it in Spanish, and I was able to coach her. Uh, in Spanish, basically, because she doesn't speak much Spanish. She knows a little bit here and there, you know, a few words. Um, so I needed to coach her as a with a singer's perspective to make her understand the language, mm-hmm. and at the same time, to for 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 her to so she can make sense of like why the language flows like that and tie it melodically you know um that was that was such a beautiful experience with her she's she's so sweet mm-hmm. i worked also with uh, christina aguilera in nine songs of the, the whole spanish project that she did and oh boy what what you hear what you hear what you see i mean she opens her mouth and it's like wow. you're you're, you're, I mean, first take, and it's like already like perfect, you know, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a jaw dropping kind of moment when, mm-hmm. when you're with her and she still manages to make it even better and better and better and better, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. 
it's it's insane you know yeah. um yeah so that has been memorable each each artist is different but mm -hmm. at the same time personality wise but at the same time each one of them is special uh in in their own way mm -hmm. so basically uh i just had to kind of like learn to kind of like read them so i can be effective in communicating with them and even though they don't speak the language so that it can make sense to them and that mm -hmm. they can feel comfortable uh so the whole process was so unique and so beautiful to get to spend that time with each one of them Mm -hmm, mm hmm. So tell me more about your vocal coaching practice. Is it, do you specifically consult with artists when it comes to um, dialect specifically, or do you yeah. kind of coach the whole singer um, just technique wise, or, um, you know, is that something that you, do you have an independent studio or do, do you just contract on a basis? No, no, no. Like, like, like they contract me, uh, they, the times that I've worked with the, the few artists that I've worked, uh, uh, they con they contact me. They contract me for a specific uh, for a specific project, mm -hmm. and it's mostly uh, for them to understand the dialect. It's mm -hmm. uh, if they're doing something in Spanish, is to be able to try to have them sing with the least accent possible. But at the same time, so they can feel comfortable. So whenever they have to perform it live, that they can feel confident enough yeah. to do it, mm -hmm. you know. And because they are processing so many things, it's a whole new different language, uh, and and with a, a language that they don't know, you know. And they may be somewhat familiar, but they don't really speak it. So. Mm -hmm. I have to find ways to make them understand why like certain words are pronounced this way, how you tie certain vowels together. And, but I have to find even sounds in English that, that, that they can relate to mm -hmm. into the new language. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, there's not a set of rules for it. Mm -hmm. No, it's, you just have to adapt it to, each individual artist and mm -hmm. to the personality and to make them work through their, because it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking for them. It's a whole lot of pressure yeah. because there are times that they get stuck, you know, and uh, you just have to find the ways to help them get through that, that mm -hmm. little, bump, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, well, speaking of nerve wracking, I mean, what is it like though on your side when you get a phone call from someone saying like oh hey can you come we have this artist named christina aguilera in the studio you know maybe you've heard of her can you come work with her or i mean you know selena gomez what what is that feeling for you when you get a call like that oh my goodness it is like oh you know uh uh and like i told you before i am my worst enemy so the first yeah. thing, like sometimes I just have to go like, no, Leila, you can do this. But there is that part of me that sometimes I want to go like, oh, oh. <laughs> because it's such a big responsibility. But, you know, I've done it already enough times that I can get through my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And just like the first thing that I do, okay, send me the material, send me the lyrics. So then what I do is before I go and see them, mm -hmm. I take my time to... Uh, like really kind of like uh, see, have like an overview of like, okay, this area might be a trouble area. I kind of like, kind of like make my, my points and my marks ahead of time. Like, like where could be a language barrier or mm -hmm. pronunciation barrier because certain sounds that, that we have in Spanish you don't have an English, mm -hmm. you know? So those are the, the notes that I'm taking ahead of time uh, to make sure that I can communicate effectively mm -hmm. so that they can process it. They can process the sounds and so that they can let them out, you know? Right. Yeah. And um, so once you're there in the studio and you're, you're meeting this, you know, these iconic artists for the first time, um, is it intimidating to then start trying to offer the coaching techniques, you know, to someone who's obviously 
knows what they're doing quite well. Um, and are in, you certainly don't have to name any names at all, but do, do you find that they are coachable and, and kind of open to receiving the, you know, like, yes, they are my experience so far, you know, who else I've, I've worked with besides, I work also with, um, uh, Gwen Stefani. I did one song with her and, uh, when they call you to do this, they are coachable. They they know that they have the limitations, but at the same time, um, they want to they want to be able to do their best. Mm -hmm. So they already worked in their minds that this is a challenge, and they already know that they're going to have to be flexible and they're going to have to they're going to have to allow me to carry them, you know, uh, even though, you know, like some of them may be like, like, for example, Christina Aguilera, I mean, it's like, what can, what can you do? Or what can you teach her vocally? There's right. <laughs> you know, uh, but my experience with her was like really amazing to tell you the truth. It was, uh, she knew what she wanted, mm -hmm. but at the same time, she was open to hear what I had to say. And uh, she let me, you know, like, no, no, no. You know, because by instinct, she has already a great pronunciation. She has this, it's easy for her to grab it. Uh, so then when there were, for example, maybe one word that she would be, she would have a slight problem. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would be like, hey, listen, everything else is sounding so good that you you can take care of this word. You know, mm -hmm. let's let's focus on that word. And I know it's annoying. I know it's frustrating. But if you don't fix it, everything is so great with no accent. Mm -hmm. And then that word is going to like the accent is going to jump. <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, so so she was very open, very flexible. Same with Selena. Selena, you know, with Selena, we recorded everything um, during the pandemic. Uh -huh. So we, I coached her. She was in New York. The recording engineer was in his studio and I was here in my house and we all connected to communicate via Zoom, but to record uh, via audio, audio movers. Okay. Uh, so everything was recorded remotely, you know, mm -hmm. so that was another thing, another challenge that I had to learn how to deal with, you yeah. know, but there are certain things that you do as you're working on it, like in real time, and you just have to find ways to be effective, you know, mm -hmm. and if one way doesn't work, okay, let's be creative and let's do it this other way and, yeah. you know. So, uh, so that's why I can, I cannot really point out like which one was like, uh, like, like my, like the most memorable, all of them with these artists have been really, really memorable because each one of them is so unique. Mm -hmm. you know? They have completely, completely different personalities and, mm -hmm. uh, but it has been really with each one of them really beautiful to work with. Yeah. Very cool. You know, one thing that stands out to me that I was thinking about is that obviously, you know, approaching a project with a major artist like that and kind of having to have the courage, first of all, to do it. Yeah. Um, that is of all the singers that I've spoken with um, on this show, especially those that have, you know, really reached or had great achievements in their careers and have really, you know, had the longevity in their careers and, um, you know, show no signs of, you know, um, throwing in the towel at any time soon, despite all of the challenges in recent years and everything. The common thing that I see in all these singers is this just internal grit and courage and a willingness to step out of your comfort zone and tackle these projects that you weren't necessarily ever trained or schooled to do, but there is just, you have just enough gall inside of you to say like, you know, yeah, I, I think I could do that. Yeah. And I don't know what it is that 
nerve, you know, that we have inside of us that tells us that, you know, yeah, you can do this and that there, there really is no school for that, but, but it is those singers that are willing to step out of the comfort zone that, that get these snowball of opportunities come their way, just like you have. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, like I had enough, uh, experience doing studio work. So that mm-hmm. was a plus. I mean, of course, Spanish is my first, is my first language. So I think that gave me like the, the best of both worlds because like just a dialect coach would have not mm-hmm. been able to do it because right. if they're not musical, how do you help them understand the melody plus the pronunciation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so I already had that um, as a plus being a singer myself and being in the studio and knowing like, OK, let's just punch this this part of the word. Let, let's just punch the second half of the word, you know, mm-hmm. like coming up. So then and then, OK, with engineer working alongside the engineer. OK, let's comp this. OK, this is, you know, OK, now we got it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, enough, enough technical experience with the, being a singer and the language that I that I was able to mm-hmm. uh, to do it, and also um, I think it's also using common sense into how to adapt to someone's personality, especially when you're talking about uh, a major artist. Yeah. You have to you have to adapt, you know, like some of them need more talking. Some of them you better not do so much talking and just be down to the point and be Mm -hmm. a plan of action. You know, let's put it that way, you know, Um, but some of them may need a little bit more of that emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's when you have to use that discernment of like, okay, where do I go? How how much do I say or how much I don't say? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is those the importance of those soft uh, soft skills. You know, not necessarily the technical skills, which obviously are you know critical as well. But um, I think it's harder. You know, for those for people um, you know like yourself who who has such great self awareness and that common sense and those soft skills, person skills. You know, to to anticipate like the emotional needs the ego, ego needs, you know, all, all yeah. of those different um, facets. And, and, you know, that it, it is amazing to me um, just to see how, you know, opportunities land for, you know, yeah. and then, you know what, I, what I, what I did is also like, for example, if I knew that like the vocal producer was going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. for one of the first things I would communicate with the producer since he or she is the one that knows the artist the most, you know, and and just asking, okay, so what do I expect? What is what is that this artist likes or doesn't like? I mean, you know. So then he would tell me, oh, you know, like like like, just be direct to the point. Don't say much in between. Don't try to. Spe- oh, okay, you know. So so I would try to get as much information as I could before yeah. I started working with with the artist. And then from that point, then you start using your own judgment. You yeah. Know? So there, are times that they, there are times that they get frustrated. There are times that they get they get cranky or, you know, they get stuck, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's when you go like, you know what, why don't we move on and let's just, we can, we'll come back to that later, you know, yeah. things like that, that they can just like um, relax a little bit more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, oh, hey, I was, I was getting up to speed on your uh, Instagram this week, and I see that um, you have a musical family. If, if I'm not correct, you have a, a, a guitar playing son. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Tell me about him. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I have uh, everybody in my family is, is, is musical. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll start with my son, my son, Mauricio. Uh, right now, he is um, the the musical director for an artist. His name is Danny Ocean, and they they've been touring. And he is not because he's my son. This is just a professional opinion. Um, uh, he's an amazing guitar player, and and having now the experience to be the music director for an artist not only that he's grown as a musician, but also like 
the leadership skills to be the person communicating with the artist, with the management, with the band, you know, and he's being extremely, extremely busy um, mm. touring a lot. And, you know, I think that this is the beginning for him for something huge. You know, I see him going, keep on going up. You know? yeah. so, and he's, 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 he's a, a bit, Big dude, you know, he's like six four, but he's like to me a teddy bear, you yeah. know, like a, <laughs> such a tender personality. And then my husband, my husband, he's a, a seven uh, Grammy Award winner. He's a recording engineer, mixer, producer. Mm -hmm. uh, the latest one that he won was with uh, the latest album with Gloria Stefan that he did. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of like her greatest hits. With, with a Brazilian flavor. Mm. Uh, he's also worked with Shakira. He's worked with so many artists. And then my youngest son, Sebastian, uh, he's an actor, singer, uh, and he does musical theater. And, you know, he is like in that process of where he is like working hard and trying to uh, uh, set his foot in the industry. Also, he does voiceovers. You know, he's an actor. Uh, so... So yeah, you know, actually for that session for Gloria Stefan, um, I was able to sing background vocals with both of them, with both of them. Mauricio also okay. sings, you know, so, so I, it, that was a fun project. We brought other singers also as part of the project, but they were part of it. You know. Oh man, what a great household. That's an exciting yeah, household. <laughs> this is my husband's studio. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Well, yeah. Leila, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you. You're just beautiful. I love your story. I love everything that you're doing. Um, the last question I have for you that I've been asking lately is what makes you unstoppable? Okay. I don't want to get preachy here, but definitely it's my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my faith is what keeps me grounded, is what helps me get through those, um, you know, like not only like the ups, but especially the downs of, you know, of life, career, uh, everything in general, you know. So my faith is what gets me to persevere, to push through. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, and just not giving up because my purpose is to give glory to God in everything that I do, whether it's in the industry or whether I'm a church or, you know, even here in this platform, I'm talking about God, you know. Um, so definitely my faith is what makes me un unstoppable. Beautiful answer. I love that so much. Well, uh, again, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time and just your stories, your insight. I know that everybody's going to love this interview. Um, thank you to everybody who joined us live. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.